This is the Truth Warrior Ministry Podcast with your host, Joshua Butts, and my brother, Isaac Butts. On this show, we would deliver a variety of concepts from biblical, atheism, conspiracies, politics, and worship. So without further ado, tune in, relax, or kick back, because we're trying to build some Truth Warriors. Let's get into it. Truth Warrior Ministry. See through the lies. See through the lies. Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. Welcome to my podcast. I pray you guys are all doing well in the spirit, and I pray you had a chance to speak with the Lord today. If not, you're about to. Guys, um, we are continuing on with our Revelation study, chapter 12. Um, this chapter is going to be a big one, okay? Because what we're going to go into is there going to be there's going to be a lot of symbolic speaking okay and this is going to take a lot of spiritual understanding and a lot of um grasping that the holy spirit can only give you okay so i'm going to pray that you guys and i need you guys to pray as well this is so important that you pray about god revealing his words to you because a lot of people, what we're about to read when it talks about the beast and the seven heads and all that stuff, a lot of people obviously don't believe that it's a physical beast. Some people believe that it is a physical beast. And others believe that it's just um, events that haven't happened yet. You know, it's so many different speculations about what we're about to read. And by no means um, do I claim to know that, you know, I know what these things mean for sure. Okay, I am not claiming that at all. But I do know one thing. God is not a God of confusion. So what I'm about to read to you guys, I am doing so with what the Holy Spirit has given me. Okay, I would not be doing this if I didn't know what the what the premise is or what I'm talking about. The book of Revelation or the Bible as a whole, if you don't know what you're talking about, I feel like you will lead more people astray. You know, you'll lead more people into confusion, and I'm not trying to do that. So I'm going to break down as much as I can, okay, with Scripture. Not with my own assumptions, but with Scripture. That's the best way we can do this. you got to have Scripture. You can't go on your own human um, recollection or your human understanding. No. The best way to interpret symbolism in the Bible is by using Scripture. So that's what I'm planning to do, okay? Now, being that this podcast, this episode is going to be heavily on symbolism, I need you guys to understand this is not a a uh, light subject. This isn't going to be a spiritual milk type subject, right? Because you got spiritual milk and you got spiritual meat, okay? Uh, if you guys will follow me to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 3, 1 through 2, it reads, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet uh, now are ye able. Okay, so you guys know, with any of you, with any of you who know about babies, right, you can't feed a baby a 10-ounce steak, correct? You got to feed a baby milk, breast milk, you know, you got to feed a baby, you know, whatever, uh, Infamil, whatever, liquid milk substance, you, you have to feed them because their stomachs can't take the meat. Okay, so what I'm what we're about to go into, guys, is spiritual meat. It's heavy, it's deep. And I need you guys to literally open up your Bibles and follow me along so that you won't be confused on it. Okay, so please, without further ado, open up your Bibles. Okay, your Bible apps. And uh, I'm going to open up with prayer. Say your own prayer if you have to. And let's let's get the truth. Let's let's get to the truth, okay? Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and your blessings upon our hearts. I pray, God, that you send the Holy Spirit down upon us to read your word and to understand it in the way that you will have us to understand it, God, in the way that it was meant to be understood. I pray, God, that you allow us to continue to search your truth, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, as long as we are here on this earth. Let us not hide from it, dear Lord and Father. Let us not be afraid of it. We love you and we thank you. 
And we bless your name, dear Lord, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. All right, let's get it. Um, we're starting off in Revelation chapter 12. If you know, uh, the seventh trumpet has sounded. If you guys have not um, listened to the previous podcast, please listen to the previous Revelation study podcast so you can understand where we are. Okay? So the seventh trumpet has um, sounded. The second woe has passed. Okay? And now we are going to get into chapter 12. Let's begin. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman, the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent the, uh, called the devil, and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he, he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, unto her place where she is nourished for a time and times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, let's recap. And there appeared, chapter 12, okay, verse, uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. So here, this is John, okay? John's in heaven. He sees a vision of a woman. A wonder is called or a sign, okay? He sees a sign or wonder in heaven. And there's a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet 
and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Keyword, guys, 12 stars. What do the 12 stars represent? Okay? Let me bring you guys back to Genesis. Okay? Keep in mind, we just talked about a woman, right? Who was clothed with the sun and the moon and 12 stars around her head. Let's find out who this woman is and what the 12 stars represent. Genesis 37, okay, verse 9 to 11. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made up obeisance to me. So this is Joseph, okay? You guys remember the story of Joseph, right? And his twelve and his his eleven brothers, okay. Judah or Israel was the father to the to the twelve um, children, okay, including Joseph. So the twelve stars, guys, represents the twelve tribes of Judah, twelve tribes of Israel, okay, as we just read, right. Because from who, who came from Judah? Who came from Israel? Okay? I mean, who came from Jacob? Correction, Jacob. Who God changed his name to Israel. Right? So from Jacob came the twelve his 12 sons, which will be known to become the 12 tribes of Israel. The women, which means the woman that has the 12 stars around her head, that woman is Israel. So we know that the woman is Israel. Okay? So you guys got that, right? Okay? The symbolism of the woman with the 12 crowns around her head is the woman which that the woman is Israel, the nation of Israel, okay? You guys got that? Good. The 12 stars represent the 12 tribes. So this is a hint now, all right? We're getting a hint. This is what John is seeing. Verse 2. And she, being with child, cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. So now this woman is in um, is in travail. Okay, she's she's with child, and she's about to give birth. Let's keep reading. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And seven crowns upon his heads. I'm going to go. I'm going to get back to that. Okay, but let's keep reading to figure out this who this woman is still, because there's further evidence to point who this woman is. That that points the, to the fact that she is Israel. Uh, verse four. And his tail drew third part of the stars of heaven, and he did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered. For to devour her child as soon as it was born. Okay? And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Fam, we cannot, I think we all know, okay, who this child was. Can I get Jesus for a thousand points? Okay? This child is Jesus. Okay, the child that came from the woman giving birth, which we know already determined that woman is Israel. We know Jesus came from the nation of Israel, right? So this child that has given birth is Jesus Christ. And we know that even further because the child has said what, right? In verse five, and she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. The child that the devil was about to devour was Jesus. The woman with the 12 crowns around her head is Israel. The 12 crowns represent the tribes of, Ju of, of um, Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel. I keep saying Judah, forgive me. Okay, so with that being said, let's go back to this dragon, okay? Because the dragon tried to devour the child before it was born. This goes in direct history. If you guys um, have a chance, I'm not going to go into it, but turn back to Matthew 2, uh, chapter 16. It talks about how King Herod, at the time when he was angry, because see, the devil worked through King Herod. 
and the devil did not want Jesus to be born. So what happened? King Herod went and sent a decree to kill all children under the age of two in Bethlehem. Wow. So the devil was trying to kill Jesus before he was born. But we know that didn't happen. We know that they, they did not succeed. But a lot of children, innocent children, were killed that day. Okay? So, going back to this beast that was the second wonder that John seen. Okay? Uh, that's, back, that's back in verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Guys, this beast, take note. From now until the further study of Revelation, this beast is going to be the same beast. You guys are going to hear it again. Seven heads. Ten crowns, seven, um, I'm sorry, ten horns, seven crowns, seven heads, beast, beast, beast. It's, just, it's going to be the same beast when referring to this seven-headed, ten-horned, seven-crowned beast. Keep that in mind. Things are going to be added to this beast, okay? But the foundation is, you got to get this right now. This beast is going to be the same beast going forward in Revelation, Concerning the seven heads. There's going to be another beast. Okay. But this beast is going to be the, spoken about this as, as in the same beast. It's not going to, there's not going to be another beast with seven heads that's going to be, be born. Or, or that's, 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 that's going to come on the scene. This will be the first and only seven-headed beast that, and ten-horned beast that we're going to come in contact with. Now, things will be added unto this beast as we go on. Like the whore that we're going to talk about um, in, in, in the coming chapters. But for this chapter alone in this study, keep in mind that this beast is the same beast going forward. Okay? Don't get confused. And, and as we read further on, we're going to talk about another beast that's going to be another vision and seven heads and ten horns. It's going to be the same beast, guys. Same beast. So let's go into the description of this beast. Okay? It says, Okay? And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, we know when Satan fell, okay, it doesn't say directly in the Bible, but we can piece together scripture that says that when Satan fell from heaven, he took one third of the angels with him. And we know that stars, especially in our Revelation study, stars represent angels. So here we see the dragon who drew a third of the stars with his tail. Okay, he drew them down with him to earth. Okay. And it says in, uh, specifically, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth in verse 4. So the, it's pretty much saying the dragon is responsible responsible for a third of the angels being cast out of heaven okay let's talk about the seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns so what do the seven heads represent guys okay what do the seven heads represent let's go and to understand this right we're going to go we're going to jump ahead to revelation 17 Okay, I hate to do this, but this is so you guys understand why I believe the heads are what they are. All right. So if you guys turn to Revelation 17, this is talking about the same beast that we just that we're reading about right now. Okay, the woman on the beast. Okay, it's this is the same beast. Okay. And how do we know if you guys will to go to 17 verse Let's just read 17 from the beginning. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials and talked with me saying unto me, come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. 
with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and 10 horns. Guys, this is the same beast that we're reading in chapter 12. Okay. If you jump down further, it starts to explain what those seven horns are, or the, the seven heads are. Okay, let's go down to uh, verse 9 of chapter 17. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. So let's go back to Revelation 12. We're going to jump out of Revelation 17 now, okay? We're going to go back to Revelation 12. Okay? Listen up. We know that this beast, okay, this dragon, has come out and has seven heads, which we just read. The seven heads represent seven mountains. Now, you guys may ask, well, okay, seven mountains. What are the seven mountains, right? Guys, I am pitting forth to believe that what the Christ has, or the Holy Spirit has shown me is this. The seven heads that we have read now are the seven mountains represent a the seven spiritual religious systems of the world okay there are seven religious systems of the world now what i'm going to show you guys in the coming scripture i'm going to try to give proof that whenever mountains are talked about that it means on more occasions than not, that the mountains represent spiritual religions. For instance, God, Jesus, they are their own mountain, right? They're their own spiritual system, right? The mountain of Zion, Mount Zion, okay? The holy mountain of Zion. It's, talk, it's talking about the holy mountain of God. His, his, his spiritual conquering. So God has his own mountain, but also, so do other religions. They have their mountains as well. Let me take you guys to Micah. Okay? Micah chapter 4, verse 1. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. And it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow unto it. So here, this is God saying that his mountain will be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall exalt all the hills. In other words, all the other mountains. His mountain will, will be exalted above all the other spiritual systems, religious systems, religious mountains. His mountain will stand above them all. Let's keep going. Ezekiel 6, 13. Okay. Then shall ye know that I am the Lord. When their slain men shall be among their idols, round about their altars, upon every high hill or mountain. And all the tops of the mountains. And under every green tree and every thick oak the place where they did offer sweet savor to all their idols. So here God is saying, right? He's going to slay the men upon their own spiritual mountains where they do worshiping of their idols and where they sacrifice to their idols and burn incense to their idols. This is God saying that they're going to be found dead on their mountains of religion. Their mountain of religion is going to be uh, a uh, destruction upon them. So here's God distinguishing between his mountain and all the other mountains, spiritual mountains. Okay? Let's keep reading. Another scripture. 1 Kings 14, chapter 14, verse 22 to 23. And Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. For they also built them high places, key word, high places, hills, mountains, okay? And images and groves on every high hill. 
and under every green tree. Guys, when people in those days and even now, when they worship their deities and their gods, they have made groves. Bohemian Grove, right? You guys heard that? These are these are places where people sacrifice and do rituals into their evil gods and idols. Okay? This is God calling out Judah, saying they have been evil, and they have went after other gods and went on other gods' mountains and sacrificed to those gods on their mountains and sacrificed into the idols on their mountains. Okay? Hear me out, guys. Please, hear me out. Okay? Let's keep reading. Uh, chapter, uh, this is Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 40. All right. For in mine holy mountain and the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord. See, in his holy mountain, right? In his holy mountain and the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land serve me. There will I accept them and there will I require your offerings and the first fruits of your oblations with all your holy things. Wow. Listen, this is what God is saying. On his holy mountain, will he accept your, your offerings? Will he accept your first fruits and oblations and holy things? You guys understand what I'm saying? So just like in God's mountain, Right. He will accept your holy things and your first fruits and your offerings. Guys, in other evil, wicked mountains where other people go and serve their gods, those gods, little G, are accepting offerings from those worshipers. You see, you got God, holy mountain, Mount Zion. OK. And I believe these mountain things, the, 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 where, where the mountain spiritual arises, if you guys remember back in Moses, all right, when, when Moses went to, um, I forgot the mount, but where God came upon the mountain, that's when it first happened, when God came upon the mountain, uh, Mount Sinai, right? So when God came upon Mount Sinai and he burnt half the mountain, he came upon it and it trembled the is uh, the um, Hebrews it trembled them when God came upon the mountain. So this is why I believe that why mountains represent spiritual um, systems. Okay, as we just read, God His holy mountain is above all other mountains, and it will be exalted above all other mountains. I think I have one more scripture to to support this. Go to Jeremiah um, 17, chapter 17, verse 1 through 3. And it reads, The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remember their altars and their groves by the green trees upon the high hills. Oh, my mountain in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. So what is this saying, guys? This is God saying he is going to, because of the sin of Judah, he's going to have them pillaged. Okay, and spoiled. He's going to give away the the. um the temple in his mountain, right? In God's mountain where the temple was made back in that day. So God's going to give that to the oppressors of Hebrews because the Hebrews, Judah specifically, they, um, they, they went after other gods. So God is punishing them and giving away their jewels, their precious things to others, the Assyrians or Babylonians or Grecians, whoever came at that time to conquer them. This is God's punishment to them for following after other gods. So understand what I'm saying, okay? Quick recap. Mountains represent spiritual religious systems. You guys understand what I'm saying? Mountains represent spiritual religious systems. So you now your next question is, okay, Isaac, well, what are the seven spiritual systems? What are the seven religious systems right now? And I'll read them off to you guys, okay? And we'll jump back into this in the coming chapters of Revelation. So please remember this teaching. Remember what I'm trying to say here. 
because it's important is going to play into later down the chapters of Revelation. The seven religious systems are as follows. The first one is heathenism. Creating your own gods. The second one is atheism. Not believing in gods. Okay? The third one is Islam. Which came from the father Ishmael. Which came from Abraham when he had sex with his servant. Okay? And God sent them to their own um, country. That's the nation of Islam came from uh, Abraham. One of his sons. Okay? The next religious system is Judaism. Judaism, which came from Isaac, okay? Abraham, right? So, that's your modern day Jews, okay, who don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe that he is the Savior, the Messiah. They don't hold him to his true, um, his true position, right? The fifth religious system is Eastern myth, mysticism. Eastern mysticism. That encompasses everything from all the Indian gods and um, Jadism and the Chinese gods. That encompasses all those gods and beliefs. The sixth system of religious system is Catholicism. Okay, which a lot of people say was made during the time of uh, Jesus, pretty much from Jesus came uh, Catholicism, which, you know, guys, I mean, I'm not going to get on a topic of bashing other religions. I'm not doing, going to do that. But we know that there's, there's problems with uh, Catholicism, Catholics, beliefs, when it comes to calling a man a father who can forgive your sins as a man. That is that is that's blasphemous. OK, only Jesus can forgive your sins. Okay. And the seventh spiritual religion is Protestantism. So the Protestants, which came after the Catholics. The Protestants were um, more in terms of the belief in Christ, but they also twisted up their belief in Christ. A lot of the Protestants believed that used the Bible to push slavery and enforce it. Okay, so they were wrong in their um, doctrine. So those are the seven spiritual religious systems. In other words, the seven mountains that this beast, okay, has. So this beast has seven heads, which represents seven mountains. So we know who the real ruler of the seven of we know who the real we know who this dragon is. This beast is we, we know who that is. Right. It's Satan. And he has utilized all these religious systems to turn people away from the true doctrine. Jesus Christ. So he has used all these religious systems to turn people away from the truth, which is Jesus. You guys got that? And again, we're going to get back to this as we move on, okay? So please don't act like I'm not trying to rush anything, but I'm trying to get through chapter 12, okay? So the next thing is the 10 horns, okay? So 10 horns, what do the 10 horns represent? Okay, we know that horns through scripture, okay, represents either kings or powers, right? Kings or powers. Let's go to Luke, okay? Let's go to Luke. Uh, chapter 1, verse 68-69. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So who is the horn of salvation, guys? Jesus. Right? Jesus is a horn of salvation. Okay? Now, what I believe horns to represent in, in Revelation are exactly kings are powers. In this case, all these ten horns are going to be evil. 
But what we just read in Luke, that horn of salvation is good, is Jesus Christ. But the ten horns that are on this beast is evil. And we're going to read about them coming up. The ten, uh, the ten horns. Further proof to um, assist in saying that horns are kings or powers. Turn to Psalms 75 uh, verse 10. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Okay? Which means the, the good, the strong, and righteous shall be protected and exalted. exalted. But the wicked horns shall be cut off. Okay? Uh, let's go to Zechariah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Okay, it says, Then lifted I up mine eyes and saw, behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Guys, you know the four horns at that time who went and scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem represents Babylon, Media, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Those are the four horns. In other words, the four kings are powers. And one more scripture to support is Daniel 24. Okay? Now, these ten horns that it speaks about in Daniel is in parallel to the ten horns we're reading about right now because they come from the fourth beast in Daniel. Okay? Verse 24, chapter 7 of Daniel. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise. And another shall arise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. So we know that the horns represents kings, are powers. You guys got that? So this beast, this dragon, which you know is the devil, okay? Now, what helped me with this, guys, is, is honestly, this is kind of like a second grade, um, a second grade kind of technique. I pretty much drew a picture so I can really grasp what I'm, I'm, I'm uh, talking about. So I drew a picture of a beast, just the body. So the body of a beast. OK, and the body of the beast represents Satan. You guys got that? The dragon, right? The body of the dragon slash beast is Satan. Cool. From this body, okay, rises seven heads, okay? So seven heads are connected to the body of the beast, are connected to the, uh, the body of Satan, the dragon, okay? Now, we know that the seven heads represents seven mountains, are seven spiritual religious systems. And we went over those spiritual systems. So we know... That the devil, from the devil came seven false doctrines, seven false religions, okay? From the doctrine of the devil, which is the body, the dragon. So from the dragon, Satan, came forth seven heads, are seven spiritual religions, are seven mountains, which represents the, set, the false um, religions of the world. From the heads, you have ten horns. And we know that ten horns represents ten kings or ten powers. So these could be regular kings as an end as in individuals, or these can be powers like nations. How Babylon and Greece and Rome and Medo Persia were nations. You guys get what I'm saying? You guys get there's for instance, um, United Nations. You can say could represent horns. Right? There's a bunch of nations with power and kings in them. So United Nations could be horns. Represent the horns. Okay? And then we learn that these horns have seven crowns. But remember, it's not... It's not... Um, the, the, the crowns are not above the horn... Are not upon the horns. They're upon the heads. So seven heads, seven crowns. The seven crowns, I believe, represent just to show the authority and the stronghold that these religions have on the world. Okay? 
So get this in what guys, what this this dragon is is showing how the devil is utilizing these religious systems and these kings and powers, okay, to go after at that time it, what we're reading is retelling of what's happening with Jesus, okay? And how the devil has been since all that time before Jesus been trying to stop Jesus from being born. That's why we're reading in verse 12 a retelling of Jesus' birth and his and his um death and his calling back to the to the throne. So this is a recap. What John is seeing is a storytelling. But from this storytelling is going to go into the future. Okay? Let's read what happens after the child goes to his throne. Or in other words, let's see what happens after Jesus goes back to his throne. Okay? In verse 6 of chapter 12. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. Guys, that goes hand in hand with the 1260 days we read in chapter 11 on when the Gentiles will um, uh, pretty much trample un underfoot Jerusalem and how the two witnesses for the same amount of days will preach in Jerusalem. So what does this tell you? This tells you that this woman, which we know represents Jerusalem, or Israel, okay, this woman... Israel is going to have to flee, right? Because it's saying, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So during the first half of the tribulation period, Jerusalem, okay, or Israel, the people of Israel, okay, they are going to be protected for a short time where they're going to be provided for. Okay, in the beginning of the revelation or uh, tribulation period, so the first half, the first three and a half years, okay, Israel is going to be protected and, and provided for. Let's keep reading verse 7. And there was war in heaven, okay? Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now, guys, this is this happens in the future. This has not happened yet. The war has not happened yet. With Michael and Satan, okay? And verse 8, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. Guys, listen to me. And prevailed not, neither was there any place found any more in heaven. A lot of people say, well, Isaac, see, this happened already because the devil can't go back to heaven. So it's saying that he was cast out of heaven and he couldn't be in heaven no more. Really? So you guys believe that the devil can't go before the presence of God anymore? Follow me to Job, okay? Follow me to Job chapter 1, verse 6. You guys know, hopefully know the story of Job, right? Chapter 1, verse 6. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Guys, the sons of God are angels. We know this. And guess who was with the sons of God? And it reads, and Satan came also among them. So here we have the sons of God, our angels, and Satan going to God. Now, why are they going to God? Why are they going to the presence of God? And it reads in verse 7, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down it. Wow, guys. So you mean to tell me right now, in this day and age, in 2021, Satan can still go in the presence of the Lord? Absolutely. He still has to present a report to God. As he's doing here. Right? He still has to present himself before God. But that day will not that day will end. When will that day end and when will he not be able to do that anymore? When he fights against Michael, as we just read, and Michael casts him 
and his angels out of heaven. For further proof, go to chapter two of Job. And it says in verse one, it says, and again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, from whence thou comest? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth, from walking up and down it. So you see, so you see, Satan still has to present himself before the Lord, which means he has to still enter. Now, I'm not sure if he's going in the throne of God or if there's like a spot in heaven that they meet. I'm not, I'm not even deliberating on that because there's no scripture that says it but there's scripture that says that he presents himself before the lord and so do the fallen angels the sons of god right so with that being stated we go back to revelation 12 okay verse 7 and there was a war in heaven michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Guys, at this moment in the, in the coming future, Satan is going to be cast out of heaven. And he will never, ever be able to go back in the presence of God. Let's keep reading. Verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of God and the power. Of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night. All right, so listen, we got the devil cast out of heaven, okay? Him and all his angels cast out for sure, gone. And the angel says, rejoice, right? This angel's like, yes, finally, salvation has come, man. We don't got to look at that devil come up here anymore, man. Get his stink behind out of here. Never again do we have to deal with him. Great, salvation has come, right? This angel's rejoicing. And the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Guys, prior to the devil being cast out of heaven during this battle, you know what he was in there? Do you know what he was up there doing? He was in God's ear saying, God, look at Isaac. Look what Isaac's doing. He's filthy. He's filthy. Look at what that believer's doing, right? He's, he's in the air of God trying to accuse all of us of our sins to God so God can justly punish us. But Jesus has already took that punishment, right? So the angels are like, man, look at Satan up here again. Who, who's he going to talk about now? Who's he gossiping about now? And he's gossiping about you. He's talking about you. He's talking about me. Right? But the angel's like, finally, the accuser is cast away. Never to talk again in the air. Justice is going to be served. No longer will he accuse anyone before God day and night. Woo! You guys hear me? Do you guys understand me? Verse 11, let's keep reading. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Okay. And by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Wow, guys. Listen, the only way you're going to overcome the devil is by believing in the blood of the lamb. And by the testimony of Christ, okay? And honestly, you can't love your lives unto death. What do I mean by that, right? 
What do I mean, or what does the Bible mean when it says, those who have not loved their lives unto death? What does that mean, guys? Let's turn, turn with me to Luke 14, verse 26. And it says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Listen to me, guys. This is not talking about, oh, I hate my mom, I hate my dad. No, 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 no. You guys confuse it. The reason why the term hate is used is to show the degree Right. The degree of of um, disconnection you got to have from these things. You know why? Because if you don't have a disconnection from these things and if you have a connection to these things that is greater than your connection with God, with Jesus. Right. If you love your mother. If you love your father, if you love your wife, if you love your children, if you love your brother and your sisters, if you love your own life. As we just read, guys, in Revelation 11, it says, and they loved not their lives unto death. You do not pit anything before Jesus, not your own life, not your family. He's not saying don't love your family, guys. No, don't get it twisted, man. Don't put words in his mouth. What he's saying is do not pit them before him. Don't pit your life before God. Because when you do that, guys, when you, are, when you pit your life first, when you pit your wife first, when you pit your mother first, when you pit your father first, when you pit your brothers first and sisters first, you pit God last. You pit Jesus last. Your mother didn't die for you. Your father didn't die for you. Your wife didn't die for you. Your brothers and sisters didn't die on the cross for you. Jesus did. Some of us turn against Christ for the sake of our mothers and our fathers and our brothers and our sisters and our wives and our husbands. Some of us turn away from him because we're afraid of what they will think about us or what we will believe. Right now in the world with what's going on, people are turning against each other for their belief about things that doesn't even concern the spiritual um, realm. Things that concern, I don't know, healthy things. If you guys catch my drift. Okay? Things that concern, you know, well, I don't want to, um, you know, take this... Uh, you know, you guys know what I mean, okay? But the point is this. If people are turning against each other for those things, okay, imagine when, when the mark of the beast comes and when you can't feed your family, okay, for those who are still left in the world, and you can't feed your family because you won't, you won't take the mark of the beast, which means you can't eat, you can't buy, you can't sell. And your wife is like, hey, go get the mark. So we can eat and feed your kill your children. Go, 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 go get the mark so we can have a place to stay. Go get the mark of the beast. So we can survive. And the husband's gonna say, No, I'm not doing that. So that's gonna cause a division between the husband and the wife, right? So what I'm saying, guys, is this if you if you put this life before Jesus, and if you choose this life before Jesus and what comes in this life, the chances of you realizing truth and the chances of you making it, making it into heaven is slim to none. Like the rich man and the ruler, right? All his riches. Jesus said, turn away from your riches and turn to me. Right? Guys, in verse 11 of Revelation, let's read that again. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Guys, that's telling us that we have to love 
Jesus more than our own lives. And we can only overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of, of uh, Jesus' testimony. Okay? That's the only way, guys. Because the devil is going to use this life. The devil may use your family to turn you away from him or to turn you away from Jesus. Be aware of the snares of the devil. All right, I'm keep moving on. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Right? So, it's saying, right? And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in him. So the angel's like, okay, for us in heaven, right? Because remember, all right, the ones in heaven right now, because the rapture happened, are the ones who believed in the blood of the Lamb, correct? Believed in the testimony of Jesus, right? So the ones in heaven, the Jesus is like, hey, yo, you guys in heaven, rejoice. The devil ain't no longer coming up here. Rejoice. The devil is no longer coming up, up, up in this house. Right? So rejoice. But listen to what he says in the second half of verse 12. Right? Because the first half, he says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Listen to me, fam. The devil can no longer go to heaven. Okay. You know, so whatever little joy the devil had, you know, as in to be in the presence of the Lord when he would present himself before the Lord, whatever joy that he had that came from that is now gone. He can no longer be in the presence of heaven, neither be in the presence of the Lord. He can't be in the presence of heaven, neither in the presence of the Lord. So now he is cast down to the earth to those who still remain who weren't raptured, right? Now he is cast down to earth. And the inhabitants of this earth, when he is cast down, it says, woe to you because he is great wrath because he knoweth that he has but a short time. So the devil's like, man, I can't go to heaven no more. That means it's time for me to destroy some people. It's time for me to wreak havoc. Because I'm losing my mind. It's, I'm almost about to be cast into hell for eternity. The lake of fire. I am angry. I'm going to destroy anyone that I can. I'm going to obliterate and bring down and torture and devour anyone who remains on this earth. That's the devil's mindset now. Because he can never, he can never, he can never touch the, the radiance of heaven anymore. Wow. So the angels saying, woe to you inhabitants of the earth. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. So now we read previously that the woman was safe for a time, right? Time, times and half a time. Okay, the woman, if you guys remember earlier in chapter six, right? And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. So now the devil was cast out and guess who's the first person he's going to persecute? Israel. He's going straight for Israel. The remnant of Israel. He is going to destroy Israel. That's what he wants. Or at least try to at first. Right? Because it says in verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth. He persecuted the woman which brought forth the man child. And we know the woman is Israel. And we know the man child was Jesus. Verse 14. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. That she might fly into the wilderness. And to her place. Where she is nourished for time and times and half a time. From the face of the serpent. 
So for three and a half years, it's the first three and a half years. We're still in the first three. We have not gotten to the second three and a half years yet. Okay, we are still in the first three and a half years. You know, the tribulation period is a total of seven years. Okay. Now, listen. Okay, for as we just read. Israel is going to get two wings like an eagle and they're in, is going to bring them to a place in the wilderness where they will be nourished for a time and times and half a time. In other words, they're going to be protected and nourished for the first three and a half years. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Guys, turn with me to Isaiah. 59, okay, verse 19, and it reads, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Guys, it parallels what we just read. Isaiah was a prophet all those years ago, and he foreseen the future of the end days. Isaiah was such a blessed prophet to prophesy and see the things of the future. God has revealed so much to Isaiah. He has prophesied about so much in this Bible. And yet, here's another thing that he has prophesied about when the Satan will uh, come upon Israel and try to flood them out. And God will lift up a standard against them. How would he do that? He's going to open up the earth and the flood waters that the devil has sent will go down and it won't affect the children of Israel because they fear God. Okay, Israel now fears God after going through all the tribulation. They fear God now. So God is protecting what little of them remain. Okay? Now, I don't know if the waters that came out of Satan's mouth is if that's figurative, like if, that's just, if that just means people, a bunch of people, because waters and seas, we will learn... Re, re, uh, re, represent people, okay? Or I don't know if it's literal waters, literal floods. And the earth opened up his mouth, right? Whether that's like an earthquake or whatever, and it drowned the water before it flooded out the Israelites, wherever they were hiding at. I don't know. But I am reading what we're reading as it is read. <laughs> so regardless of what, we know that God will protect Israel during this time when the devil will try to harm them. God is still going to protect Israel. Okay, remember, guys, Jacob's trouble, which is what what is happening right now with Israel. Jacob's trouble is to turn the remaining Israelites to Jesus. And so they can truly believe on the true Messiah. This is God's last call to the Israelites, to Israel, to the Jews, trying to tell them, hey. This is all happening so I can bring you guys closer to me. So this is why God is still protecting them, because people still got to be saved out of them. Okay? Keep that in mind, guys. Uh, chapter 16, uh, I'm sorry, verse 16. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. So we know that when a dragon is cast down to earth, he is going to attack the remnant of the seed of the woman. Okay, and that remnant is pretty much everyone at that time, okay, who was left on the earth, and they don't have to be Jewish. These, these are Gentiles alike, okay? Everyone on the earth who, had, who did not believe in God before the, the rapture, right? The remnant of the seed, that's who the remnant is, who have the testimony of Jesus Christ, okay? And who now are, deci are deciding to keep God's commandment. Okay, so you're still going to have some Gentiles and, and Jews left over 
who still are the remnant of the testimony of Jesus Christ and who have kept the commandments of God. And the devil, Satan, is trying to destroy them. And he will. He will. Okay? Because remember, that's what I'm saying, guys. Make it into the rapture. Because if you don't make it into the rapture, if you come to Jesus after the rapture, you're going to be put to death. You're going to be put to death. And who knows how many ways. So follow Jesus now. Call on his name now. So you can be spared. Don't be hard-headed, yo. For real. Don't be hard-headed. All right, guys. I know this was a long study. But I, I told you, it's in, this is a symbolic study, which means I can't just skimp on it. I have to be in-depth. I have to tell you guys and bring guys a scripture on what is being um, conveyed in John's visions. Okay? So that we have understanding. Okay? So I am going to end it here. I pray you guys understand everything I, I have put out in this in this podcast. And if not, rewatch it, reread it. Okay? We're going to come again to the beast and the seven heads and the ten horns again. We're going to come to another beast, which is going to be um the false prophet. We're we're going to get more in depth in this, guys. It's not getting easier. This is spiritual meat, not spiritual milk. This is heavy. And the only way you can digest this is if you got the Holy Spirit as your digestive system. But if you got a carnal digestive system, it's not going to work. You won't digest it. You'll be constipated. You won't be constipated, do you? Trust me. It's not a good feeling. So have the Holy Spirit be your digestive system to digest this uh, spiritual meat. Okay? With that being said, I'm going to end this. Um, dear Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and your blessings. Let your words sanctify in the hearts, mind, and soul. Thank you for revealing your truth upon us and unto us, dear Lord and Father. Please keep us close to you, dear Lord. And just allow your love and your mercy to just shower us, God. And let us remember that you are here right now in the midst of it all, trying to speak to us day in and day out, God. Let us open up our hearts and our minds and our ears to listen, dear Lord. We love you so much and we thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. Be blessed. Hey guys, you just listened to an episode of Truth Warrior Ministries with your host, Isaac and Joshua Butts. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. See you next time. Truth Warrior Ministries.